You read the Bible, Grant. Yes. Well, there's this passage I got memorized. Sort of fits this occasion. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is TC and Jake. When I lay my vengeance upon thee. Got a free suggestion for you, Jake. I'm all ears. So, uh, <clears throat> I ride my bike to work. Thank you to Jeff for the bike. It's been working great. I really appreciate it. Free bike? Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. Nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. That's payola. There are no laws governing this, my friend. Payola at Playola. And, you know, I was thinking about it. Uh, you could tweet about things you receive for free, too. You just can't mention it on the radio. And I've never mentioned the bike on the radio. I know all too well that there's a <laughs> real distinction made between... Things said on the radio and things tweeted. Where messages are But it, this is a way you can use it to your advantage. Yeah. So uh, I ride a bike to work. I'm a healthy guy. And uh, it's not, I, like my... Uh, bag that my computer's in it's you know it's one of those one shoulder deals so uh, I don't like to just use that for the bike so I'll put I'll actually put that that bag into a uh, backpack put the backpack on my back drive to work take off the backpack take out the bag and uh, the backpack has one of those uh, places where you can put your CD player because it's kind of an old backpack yeah you know those of course um, got a little you kind of Worm the headphones out of there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got, like, an extra slot where you can, like, unzipper and just get to the CD player. Just you throw your newfound glory disc in there. Absolutely. Without skipping a beat. Take you out can, Everclear, uh, put in newfound yeah, glory. Listen, listen to Significant Other on repeat <laughs> from your backpack. Um, but that's a legacy technology, Jake. Yeah. And uh, so you may be wondering what can you do with this. I'll tell you what I did today, and I found it to be a real game changer. Excellent place for storing brownies. Maybe put a brownie in there. Think about it. That's in a free free tip. But in a bag, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ba- no, it's, you, it's the like brownies. a it's a store bought brown like a it's from like a bakery. So it's it came the uh, not the the baker special you used to do. It's the a homemade cent, three day old. What are you talking? No, the manager special. No, <laughs> the manager special. In this instance, it was a uh, <laughs> uh, Cindy's Deli on on Houston. Uh, was selling brownie, and they got them in the saran wrap or the, you know, I think they make them in the back and then put them in your, uh, your, your, your type of shrink, not shrink wrap, but yeah, saran wrap. There's something weird. There's something uh, zero sum going on about you riding your bike to work with a brownie (laughs) in a convenient place. Never you mind that. (laughs) Um, And by the way, let's get back uh, to Cindy's Deli. Three dollar bill, y'all. Cindy's Deli, uh, great food. Subpar, now he's trying to subpar get, brownie. I was about to say, now he's trying to get 
Don't try the brownies. Free sandwiches that he's going to eat on his free bike. Beef and cheddar sandwich, give it a shot. Would you like brownies? to haul out to Walkman or Not Discman, so I mean? What? Get a, you could get some swag for that pocket. You could get a, uh, what was the name of another trendy CD player back in the day? I don't know. There were a couple of them that I remember were like, there was one, remember, that was like kind of a big rubber case. It was like thicker. It was like more resistant. I think that was although, still a Walkman, though. I think it was a variety of Walkman. Although I... Uh, the skip protection, once we got one with skip protection, was a real game changer. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, like, but... Well, there you could buy a cheap plastic one that had skip protection. I just mean, like, there was a time, um, like, whenever... I wasn't old enough to own CD players, but I would borrow my dad's, and if it moved at all, it skipped. Yeah. Yeah, not kind for the bus, which is where I was often exactly. trying to use it. Exactly. Uh, Precisely. But I uh, I was trying to be early adopter guy early. Um, not just in my uh, ability to delude, my, uh, to delude myself into non-conventional Rangers opinions. I was also deluding myself into the idea that the mini-disc was going to be a big oh, hit yeah. in about 97. Oh, yeah. So I had, uh, I had all the hits. I had your Dude Ranch. I had your uh, your Adam Sandler comedy tapes. Well, see the thing. I had it all on mini disc. Why in you like should never apologize for your mini disc is uh, you could record those. You know. Yeah, no prank calls. Well, I mean, like just just that you, you could, could record, record from one dude to ranch. another, like a tape. Like like if your friend had Dude Ranch and you didn't have Dude Ranch. Yeah. You could record Dude Ranch. It was also before it was, at least in my world, before it was really easy to download and burn music and rip the yeah. It kind no, of preceded I, I was, that a little uh, bit. I really early adopted in the seventh grade. I, uh, God, this is the nerdiest thing a person could imagine bragging about. I installed my own uh, CDR, CDRW drive on my computer. Like the, seventh grade. the hardware? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I opened the back, found out where to plug it in. Plug, I mean, it was just a matter of plugging it into the uh, the mainframe, Jake. <laughs> There's not a way you can ever say mainframe and sound dorky, no matter how many times Star Wars <laughs> tried to tell you otherwise. Yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of like the word data. <laughs> yeah. Um, the data. But yeah, so uh, burning CDs was uh, something I was on early. I had a mini racket working. I was at school, like, because... Uh, None of my friends, for the most part, had internet that we could get access to, but my dad had internet, so whenever I would go to my dad's... Uh, I to- wonder what enrich- life-enriching experience I missed out on by having my parents stay together. Dude, it's nuts. It's such a different... It's such a... You learn so early that, like, how to conform to different rules in different settings to get things done. You know what I mean? Like- There's a lot of uh, people for whom uh, divorce goes much poorly, so I'm not saying... If you could just choose general divorce, but divorce as it happened for you, would you have opted for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I absolutely. Would. Yeah, absolutely. Like, okay, uh, well, I'm based- awesome. No, dude, have I been? Have I obscured this fact before? <laughs> no, not. I mean, I just, you know, absolutely you, not. There's you no still, way. Uh, anytime, anytime they show any Pro Bowl highlights, you just, uh, <laughs> just go crunch. to balling. So I just wondered. I, I knew that there were pros and cons. I just didn't know exactly how you weighed them. Uh, well, the, and now the, I found out. The it's realest stunning. one of all is that I can't imagine a world in which my mom and dad were cohabitants. Like, <laughs> that's the one where I... That's really weird. I absolutely just cannot imagine that happening. And better than that, it's the fact that uh, you get like... You know, and obviously you're not always going to... Yeah, no, and I, I don't, I've never met your dad, but just the general impression of both of them, I, I can't... See it either. Very surface level analysis leads to the same conclusion. But 
No, uh, you're not always going to come up aces with your parents and step-parents, but if you come up pretty good, then now you've got more adults who are probably going to be different from each other. You can like kind of learn from. You see, you got more grandparents. You got just you're just around more different types of people, and like you see, like four totally different types of families. Yeah, and it just I don't know. Like all four of my parents are way different than each other, and I just kind of looked at it as now I have double the adults that care about me, who are like giving input. And look, I'm a Lincoln guy. I'm about bringing the cabinet together. Networking. All the yeah, dude. I want everybody's input. I'm uh, look. This is what I'm about. See, uh, and, hey, hey, maybe I'm just again fooling myself, but I feel like I'm. I I don't feel like emotionally damaged from it. So what's the downside? Like I had uh two productive, happy parents that, or I don't even know why I added that in. Just you know, just extra words didn't need to be there. I had uh two parents that stayed together, and as a result um of that, was so used to living wife one way. I didn't know that a shampoo and conditioner could exist separately until I got sent to Excel at age fourteen. Whereas you probably figured that out at like six. But maybe yeah, uh, well not maybe not six, but yeah, I think I was like seven or eight. But yeah, you're right. There are different things. How about this? I was thinking about this the other day. The eggs tasted different. Mm. That was something that was very like befuddling to me. It's like I'm eating Absolutely. eggs at three or four different places on a fairly regular basis, and they all taste differently. Fucking explain that to me. Can you can you <laughs> explain tell me that the to a ten year old? And then I, I want to know their uh... no, but then you go out from there, and it's like these people talk to each other differently. These people handle con- yeah. uh, bad situations differently. You know, it just allows you to kind of. Take in, more, take in more data. There you go. More data into my mainframe. Um, I don't remember how we started talking about divorce, but I just want to say generally a positive experience. Uh, that's not counting Christmas. Now, if you add in Christmas, it's like yeah, I, I want the whole thing. A real sweet deal. Oh, okay. You're saying that even helps more. I was thinking you would complain about uh, oh, how doubling, to balance the exp- general. Exponentially uh, increasing my gift intake? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to complain about that real pull, hard. Okay. Pull out your tiny violin for me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's like I'd won, a, like I'd won on uh, Double Dare or something, dude. It was just like prize packs. I just hate multiple ceremonies. Guilt-fueled like- prize packs all around. Like when I was a kid, you know, we were just we had the only, the one... Like that was, and you didn't go anywhere the other extra days. Whereas, like now, you know, we have to appease Megan's parents. And- yeah. Well, why don't you try that when both you and the person you're taking up uh, shack with both have both equally have splintered yeah. family trees, and it turns into a real like we were at nine places in two days this year. See that? Uh, that bothers me deeply. It does bother me, but it doesn't erase the fact that I was able to run a CD racket because that's how we started talking what, about it. What more are you? Uh, do you not want change coming to than your holiday celebrations? I want that shit to be the exact same every fucking year. For sure, it doesn't work out that way, especially whenever you and anything that causes that conflicted. I'm not with. But no, to wrap that up, I was able to go to my dad's and like I would stay up all night just on the CD grind with a, a request list. Like that I would yeah, take at, yeah. at school that week and I would just come back with 50, you know, 50 burnt CDs. The, the hard drive is crashing over and over as <laughs> I've just got like seven God, queued what, up Napster downloads. The, and what just, was the like underwrite buffer error or something? I don't even. Just the common. Yeah, it was the same stuff over and over. And you're just like, damn, time to reboot. You know, like you'd get 90% done with. Uh, the first time I uh, got. Crazy Towns. New album, and then it would crash. You're like, I got to start over because I committed this guy. And you know, I, but I mean, 
I was I was legit. Like I I came through for people, and I made a little money. I know what you mean. I I don't think I made any money off of it, but because I wasn't paying for those CDs, the CDs were the guilt gifts of the week or whatever. Like I would just yeah. my brother's getting Pokemon cards. I'm like, I need CDRs and Sharpies. Yeah, in <laughs> cases. All right, TC. Fucking enough, Rangers, am I right? Enough, enough of this chicanery. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. I have so many disgusts on so many levels. I begin have, at the end, Jake. Maybe not disgust. I have a disappointment on so many levels. Let me uh, correct myself before I start trying to correct others. Uh, obviously, not what anyone... And obviously, we also were a few days late here, but I figure with the haughty attitude we've carried all season, we have to at least address that... Look, it's not what everybody expected because it's not what was mathematically likely to happen, I guess. Is that... Four-game lead with six to play. Yeah, that's true. You run that through a simulation one million times. Uh, and I do think that there's a little bit more to it than that. I think that uh, some of the other circumstances surrounding it, that it, it's not even hindsight, because there were people who were making legitimate gripes at that time. You know, it was. It, but see, they were trending downward. But I still thing, say, I'm, in general, the doom and gloom is not after, justified. Even after, like they're they are technically correct, like that. If it's still it's still a matter of knowing what you know. Your prediction is this, and the results don't matter. You know what I mean? Like, nah, it's the like same your old... thought process matters. And if your thought process led you to, it's likely that the Rangers will collapse. You were wrong. Yeah. No. It's it's the logic based results bit. Or the results-based logic, I mean. It's, yeah. uh, you know, we're, you're flipping it around now. But the thing when, is... When we looked at the lead they had and how many games left to play and, and everything else, we took that all into account and said it's it's unlikely they'll miss the playoffs or it's unlikely they won't, you know, that, that, that they're probably going to win the division. That was, that was correct. You know, unfortunately, it's one of those times where the randomness, the element of randomness... It's a lot like the Sandusky thing. Whoa. Whenever it goes to the worst to case here. scenario, yeah. you were never re- like everyone's going to look stupid. Yeah. Everyone who is talking about it or, you know, ha- or surrounding it beforehand, whenever it goes to the worst case, you were just never you never assume that it's going to be the worst possible scenario. Right. And what's, you know, I guess human behavior is random in a lot of ways like when you talk about a criminal case, but baseball obviously there's a huge element of randomness in it. And occasionally it's going to puff up its chest a little bit more, and you couple that with the legitimate issues on this team, and you get this. But but at, at 93 wins, there are not a lot of legitimate issues. No, but there are, uh, as far as the way they had been playing going up to the to the end of the season, there were some. I mean... And, and see, you know, I think there were a lot of ways that they could have gotten one more win, you know? And so the things they did to uh, to take that away from themselves, in my mind, the chief among them being playing Michael Young every day the way they did, um, that those are definitely deserve criticism. And I wouldn't suggest that everyone say, "Well, it was ninety three wins, so no one did anything wrong." But just you don't win ninety three you don't win ninety three games without doing most of the things right, and that you shouldn't lose sight of that. Sure, and I guess I'll get to we'll get to it in a second. But ninety three wins is ninety three wins. It's I think the seventh most wins in baseball this year. So 
that needs to be considered when assessing your season as far as are, the part that you how can many control. games out from uh first and I mean that was in play in the last series, right? Home field advantage. Yeah. Yes, it was, but. I guess I just feel this need to address the idea that, that the whole season you say, well, look, based on the way things are going, uh, they'll be fine. And then when they're not fine, I know that it, you know, the easy response to that is probably like, you look stupid for, uh, for not taking a harder look at the things that needed fixing or that needed to be addressed. But I think my deal was I agreed with a lot of the things that people said were problems, but then I still looked at their overall record and said, even with those problems, they're still winning this percentage of the games. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not that I downplayed them or that I ignored them. It's that as a composite, it's, it still shook out to be a, uh, a picture that was, you know, positive. I will say this, though. I went back and looked at – I couldn't figure out – I'm not 100% baseball reference proficient. Uh, their 2012 stats, they have a last 20 games, but they don't have it for the previous season. So you can go back a decade on ESPN, last 10 games. The Rangers finished the season 3-7, and seven, and only th- four other teams in the past 10 years. So what is that, like 60 playoff teams? Mm-hmm. Only four other teams have finished 3-7 and seven or worse. That's kind of a weird... I mean, it's 10 games. I'm not sure that that what that means. I'd say it means that on average... The uh, teams that are winning sixty. Here's what it means: the teams that, on average, even control, you know, taking into account teams that sit a few guys or whatever, teams that win sixty percent of their regular season games, on average, are winning sixty percent of their games going into the playoffs. And that's fifty. You know, the the general number of wins was six or seven. I'm not sure that any ten game stretch to me means any more than any other ten game stretch. Like, if they had. If they had won, you know, one game against the Royals, like, you remember that game they blew against the Royals? You know which one I'm talking about? The, yes. Uh, okay. It was a weekend game. Yeah. It was like the Sunday game. Mm-hmm. Um, if they had not blown that one, then they could have gotten swept by the A's and they would have been fine. I guess the A's would have had to have lost one along the way, too. Yes. And also... They still would have gone to a playoff against the A's and could have won that. You know what I mean? Like... Look... There's no way, in my opinion, the reason this is so hard to discuss, baseball in particular, and maybe it's just a deficiency in my knowledge about the sport, but there's so much randomness involved and so much, I guess, luck. I mean, I definitely believe in like building yourself in a way that you're putting yourself in the best position to minimize the impact that randomness can have on your overall outcome. Yeah. But, I mean, I <laughs> even if they would have won that game against the Royals, and they, they end up getting swept at the end of the year against the A's, it's not that hard to look at the way they were playing and think that if they would have won the division, they were still going to have trouble in the playoffs. Like, the sample size was growing to the point where they're 15... Even, dude, even in yeah, the... Yeah, but the last two years have been very similar, especially uh, 2010, where, you know, like the things they're saying about them now, where they they really cleaned up in interleague play, and, you know, they really kind of... They were 10 games above... You know, 500 there, but we're kind of really just at 500 for the rest of the season. That was true. Of I remember in 2010, I think they only had one month. Uh, June was above 500, and like the rest of them were just unremarkable months. And September was was an unremarkable month for them. So going into the playoffs in 2010, everyone was very worried um, that they wouldn't go far. And then they went to the World Series. You know, like it's. But I don't know how much it means. Uh, it, you know that it means enough to that if you had to choose between two options, you'd rather have you'd rather be yeah. have one six oh, or seven sure. as opposed to winning three and have gone five hundred for the past month of your season against 
for the most part, pretty inferior competition. And I mean, if you look just at the other teams this year, the their last 30 games of all the other teams that play, made the playoffs, the Rangers were three or four games behind everybody. So just the, in just general. Like, would, would you rather be like the Orioles, though? You know, I wouldn't. Um, you know, the Orioles no, played, I, I played really either. well down the stretch, um, you know, and and just have, have really seemed to have a lot of, if, if you're the sort of person that believes in mojo, it sure looks like the, Royal, or the Orioles have a ton of it. Um, but, you know, I don't think they have as talented a team. And to your point of that 10-game stretch is the same as any other 10-game stretch, they had a 53.5 winning percentage for the final month of the season. And they they had two months worse than that during the season. Yeah. So it does somewhat put it in context that I mean, they were not playing their best, but it still wasn't like it was the worst they had played all season. Now, I mean, I guess you somewhat do have to factor in the schedule that they played a couple weak teams, but yeah, I don't know. It's definitely, like I said, there's no way. I think that if you were being the way we are trying to approach this, you couldn't say that you could have, that it made sense to predict this, but... Like I said, you couple it with the uh, the flaws that are obviously on this on this with this bunch, and the A's, dude. I mean, I don't know how how much. Maybe I just it's because we live here, but I don't know if the proper due has been given to the ridiculous regular season run that they put together. I mean, it's yeah. I don't I don't even really like thinking about it. You know, I know because ultimately a couple plays here and there. And it doesn't even matter. Because I don't get them. Like, I don't get them either, but you can't deny winning like 60 out of 90 games or something stupid like that. And and you know what? Like their, their runs scored and runs allowed don't make it look that ridiculous. There's not like a lot of team-wide factors on that that make me think it's a fluke. But they don't have a single fucking good player on their team. No, dude, they got a couple. Suspedes is going to be a beast for a decade. And I, and I don't. I, know, I like Suspedes a like ton. I, he I, wasn't that good this year. He's he's the kind of guy that like he like like just emotionally when I'm watching him bat, it terrifies me. And so I you know I I, I get what you're saying, but you know he was a, he was a three win player this year. I'm looking at it. He, he had a really good bat. He slugged 500. Um, Dude, three win rookie or second year player is pretty impressive. Yeah, he's older than I am, but I well, mean, it is his first year in the majors. I mean, he that guy scares me big time. I'm just saying, like, whenever the best guy and I, I let me go uh, look up who their best guy is. But I'm just saying, like, whenever like Suspedis is good, but whenever I'm saying, whenever you're saying, like, well, in their lineup, they do have one three win batter. You know, like that's. Like the Rangers, fucking, uh, they have a three-win batter hitting seventh. Half the, you know, like I don't, no, I, I don't know. think they did this year, but, but that I don't, I don't, I don't think that means you need to discredit the Suspense significance was the of the second best uh, player by WAR. Josh Reddick had a four point eight. I don't think you need to. Fielding. I don't think that means you need to dis- discount the significance of the run. I mean, they won the games. They won. They took the division from that far back. I mean, it, it I'm just, not saying it just that, hurts. It hurts me to look at it to say like that fucking lineup just just caused all this uh, disarray. But know? I guess what I'm saying is as far as assessing the Rangers, it's not like they blew the lead to a team that, and I mean, I guess it would have been mathematically impossible, but you have to take into account the insane run that it took for them to get caught. Like, yeah, they got no, caught. It's nutty. It is, I, okay, it but if you go back nutty. to like the 2011 Red Sox or something like that, they, 
Oh, I'm trying. Yeah, they tanked big time, but I think they, their record was way below 500 in the final month of the season. You know what I'm, I, yeah, what I'm saying? No, is I it, think this is nuttier than that. I think that this is like, as far as sports events that I just can't really wrap my head around how that happens, it's like the 2007 Super Bowl and then this. Yeah. Like, and the Rangers no, had their hands in it. I can't, no I can't doubt. compute it. They played below their what you know what their expected uh, win total would have been for the season in that month. Just they had they their hands in it. Themselves get beat three all times, of it combined. You know? Absolutely, those last three games. That's just all of it combined. And again, I you know like we said all year, I think it's a deal where it's just like I think you you pointed it out to me one time, and it really resonated that it's just like it's your it's just a personal thing it's not a good baseball fan bad baseball fan and i've really come around on the idea it doesn't make you a bad baseball fan to look at your team playing worse than they've been playing most of the year and say i don't feel good about this if i had to guess i'd say we're going to lose in this situation i don't think that makes you a bad baseball fan i think it makes you different than me because i'm still looking at the number the number of games we've won you know we've going to that series in oakland they were 8 and 8 against the a's that year or this year I think they were only two and six in Oakland, but that still is a better chance. That still tells you you're going to win one out of three. Yeah, and even before yeah. that, at home against the Angels, the odds are still on your side. Yeah, if you if you have a 300 winning percentage in that last series, exactly, you're in the you're in the ALDS. Well, I guess you would need 333. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no doubt. I just my point is that I I look at it that way, but I don't think it makes you a bad baseball fan to look at it as they're playing below where they should be. These problems concern me. Whatever. Although no, I don't think it makes you bad baseball. I think it makes you a bad person. <laughs> I, I was wondering where your silence was coming from. It's deafening. <laughs> uh, baseball elitism at its finest. Um, but a separate issue from that, uh, from how should you feel as things are going, whichever way they're going, and whether keeping an even keel, whatever. I've kind of been wrestling with this issue of. And I think a lot of this comes from uh, interweb consumption of, is this campaign a failure? I feel like I've heard a lot of people try to, you know, either declare, I really don't think I've heard anybody declare, come out and say no. So I'm just going to be the guy who feels like that it's silly, first of all, to give two options of success or failure for something this complex. But if I had to yeah. choose, I'd say between the two, and I was allowed to say like a scale of zero to ten, I'd say this is slightly below five. You know what I mean? Like if ten is a yeah. World Series, and so this is what I started thinking about is that there's different tiers of teams, you know, in every sports league, mm-hmm. and I think that basically by tier is where your expectation comes from, and the, the Rangers have found a way that they've, you know grinded themselves into a top eight or so franchise in baseball. Would you agree? Yeah. And I'd say at that point, obviously your your goal is to win a World Series. And I'd say absolute failure for a team, you're assuming that probably all those teams are in the top 10 or so in payroll. And, you know, whatever else it takes, whatever other characteristics it takes to be considered a elite or near elite franchise. So if 10, say, is winning the title, I would say that a failure is not being in contention for your division at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Five back, maybe. Yeah. Six back. And I understand you're still you know, splitting hairs about games here and there. Well, but. You, you've got, I, I would say it's it's kind of a feel thing of, you know, you, you have a feeling of your team's in contention or they, or they aren't. You know what I mean? Like, right. It, 
It's, it's got something to do number. with how many games. Yeah, but y- there's times whenever I'm excited to watch White Sox games because they're in the thick of it. There's times when I just know they're not. And if you're feeling less strongly like they are, that's further closer, you know, that's closer to zero. I'd say that if you're one of those teams and you get into the playoffs and you get bounced in the first round, then that's probably like about a five. Yeah. And that is right short of where they finished. Yeah. And I would say that the way I consider it, so long as no one gets bored and leaves, say like JD or Nolan Ryan in particular, I guess, or the ownership in some way changes in an unstable and, un, you know, or a destabilizing, unforeseeable way, mm-hmm. I expect like about a 10-year window. And I, I, don't really, I really don't even like the term window. I just mean a 10-year run of this group of people with this philosophy yeah, I mean, together. It's hard to predict anything in baseball 10 years out, but... Well, I'm really only going about five now or six. Oh, I'm you're saying, saying starting yeah, with, been... you know, the last three to four years. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they've still got a lot of kids in the minors, even beyond, you know, like uh, like Barrett Lou every, or I think it actually is pronounced Laux. I've always which, gone with Lou. I I think that uh, we really Norm, like this place, Lou. I wanted I wanted to say that uh, Norm like had him on and he corrected him or something like that. Um, oh yeah, and uh. My brother works for the Rough Riders and says Lauks, so he must be right, right? And he went we'll to A&M. Him. They both went to A&M, and you yep. know A&M people are gay. <laughs> um, sure. So, uh, you, know, you know, you never even hear about him. Like, uh, and he was as good as Grimm, and, you know, you saw some of the things. On, I don't know. It, no, you're, but the point is not lost that, yes, it's just, I'm talking about in general, just the general picture of the franchise. It's not... Silly to expect them to, if the same approach... There's still a lot of potential cornerstone players that you've never even you know, thought about. You know what I mean? And that being, I've never even thought about or heard of. Or, sure. And they're being ushered along and cultivated by people that two months ago or whatever, even two weeks ago, we all trusted. Yeah. So, to me, it just seems like when you talk about is it a failure, failure, again, for this, this team, a, a team of this caliber, is... Like I said, not being in the mix. Yeah. That's a failure. And losing in game six of the World Series, game five of the World Series or whatever, that's like a seven. Yeah. And what they did this year is like a three and a half or a four. And maybe even closer to five because they still won the seventh most games in baseball. And the point is just that this is way closer to just a mass season for a team like this than an absolute like hellfire and brimstone failure heads must roll you know a band glue i just i don't get that to me it's like look hey and then i the reason i like when dramatic shit like this happens is because it really makes me think about again i felt like this about the mavericks when they won it really made me think about like why you follow sports teams and what's exciting about yeah being a fan and even though this is a negative fan experience, because, dude, I'm not taking away from the fact that on Friday, like, I wanted to cry. I was like, man. Yeah, no, I was going to say, mean, I, I was feel gonna it make from, sure. Dude, you gotta, no. you, you do have to factor in when you're saying, like, like I, you know, I, I, I very much want to uh, point out all the um, things that you should not take for granted about this experience. But at the same time, like, that was a heartbreaking, I felt. Heartbreaking. I felt fucking awful. Like, I don't, like. Like I very rarely emotionally care about Rangers wins and losses. I don't, and I'm not even sure I care that they won or lost. I just kind of like it felt like the whole 
certainly my workplace. I was about to say the entire city, but I never left the small room I work in said so to stretch. <laughs> um, but it, it just had such a fucking pall over it that I, like it rubbed off on me. And it just felt like I was living inside of a rain cloud. And no doubt. Although I will say that I think these things are related. Anything that causes that, you can't, uh, you can't call a, uh, a wild success you should treasure for the rest of your life i'm not well yeah certainly and i'm not calling it that but i but i like i said i do no i mean i'm not i'm not speaking out i'm saying that to myself as much as anything i think that things are related in that no matter what you do to filter out your baseball media you're a baseball fan you're going to read the general attitude about these things and 90 percent of it is going to focus on the sky is falling like this is the you know just how what a horrible transgression against uh, Ranger fandom this past this entire situation is and that's bound to make you feel the gravity of it but for me I think like that affects the way I think about it but really it's just primarily that I love these dudes this is I want to see my this is my boys like I, I support this team like I really like their makeup I like their attitudes I like the way they play I just I just grown to love them and I wanted this I wanted these dudes to get you know, I wanted them to get as much as they could get. But it's at- interesting to hear you say that because I was kind of thinking, like, if part of this is based on, you know, we we've been paying attention to this team a lot closer than you pay attention to most Rangers teams. Um, like, like we've been just paying, like us as a sports fan base has been uh, paying much closer attention to the Rangers than. You would ain't normally a baseball team, and I just wonder if having to be in that close of contact, in a way, I understand that I've never actually been in contact with them really at all. Only the Marlins. Uh, yeah. Um, like if you're if you're just not used to that, and they do kind of wear on you, like. No, because see, like cause I, I feel I feel like that I get a a sense that people are really fed up with. Certain members, you know, I think people are fed up with Kinsler. I think people are kind of fed up with Michael Young because of how poorly he did. I just, I feel like there's a lot more like edge to the things people say about them, and They're unquestionably, and I, and I don't, I don't like, I, I kind of get it. Like, I, I understand why it shouldn't be that way, and I don't, I don't want to have that reaction. But like, I, I'd be lying to myself if I say that I, as a guy who really loves Ian Kinsler, like I've started to question. Like at the same time, he is starting to frustrate me a little bit, and I, I wish he didn't, and I, I don't think he should. But well, I mean, look, they were in a bad spot, you know. There's not a lot of guys. He's he's a little bit temperamental. He always has been, but when yeah. they're when they're going really bad, and, and, and for most of the time, and my still reaction is, is I I like I like that about it. Like I, I you know I I've got a, a special place in my heart for people that'll uh, you know flip the bird in certain situations. But that's what I'm saying, and that. You got to take it, and this I think is something we'll discuss later with Josh. Is you got to take the good with the bad on that. If you like the guy who uh, makes fun of who was it that threw at his head from the Angels? Was it Weaver? Uh, uh like he, a couple years ago, yeah. Lackey. Oh yeah, when John Lackey threw at his head, and the, on Bob and Dan, like two days later, he's making fun of him for it. Good, yeah. leave. Nobody wants you here. Like total a <laughs> hole move, unprovoked. I mean, yeah, I just, he's I he's wonder... also going to bristle at the media when. Look, dude, they but feel the two even, World Series lost thing. It's not even that. It's it's both. It's like, it's like I just don't like being around. Like I don't like being like if there's a guy, I, if there's a dude I really enjoy hanging out with, but I have to hang out with him for certain circumstances, like a ton in the course of a week. By the end of it, I'll just be like, you know, I think he's great, but I don't want to see him for another fucking month. And I feel like that, that's kind of the way I feel about this team. Like you know, 
I get, I get them. I, I, there's things, uh, you know, I, I understand all the reasons why I enjoyed them in the first place, but right now I'm just, I know there, there's too many little things that have just been bothering me about it. It's too long that I just, you know. No doubt. If you wanted to show That's up unavoidable. With, a with a different set of guys, you know, when you've been I get through, it. When you've been through what they've been through, again, even if I'm going to sit here and say it's, it's not uh, wise, I don't think it's analytically sound to react in a this is a bad situation when you finish as well as they have overall these three years. It Again, it still really hurts. It's still frustrating. It's still going to grind on them. And it grinds on the fan base. And yeah, it's it's just like spending too much time with your girlfriend. Yeah. And, too mu- and there's no doubt that's unavoidable. But I still feel bad. I still felt bad for them. I felt bad for them because yeah. that's – and. To me, like I said, negative or positive, this is the reason you're a fan. You're a fan to, so that you can think about – it makes you think about stuff in life. It makes you think about – it's just a, it's a generally – it should be an emotionally and mentally stimulating process on all levels. That's It's a range of emotions that come out here. And the more I think about it, those emotions are more amped up and they're more pronounced when the games matter more. And yeah. all I've all I ever want, I'm all I've ever wanted whenever I was playing sports. All I ever want whenever I'm a, a sports fan, I want the guys that I support to be. I want them to have a seat at the big boys' table. I want them to be out there when it's getting hairy. I want them to be out there playing meaningful games where, even if this goes wrong, the magnitude of my response is going to be even greater, and it's going to make me feel more human, or however this American life would say that. And that's how I felt. Like, dude, I felt terrible Wednesday and Friday, but it caused me to think about. Hey, this is kind of cool that I care this much about this, and I only care because they were in it at the end, yeah, or relatively at the end compared to, you know, but yeah, the over the majority yeah. of teams. When the national attention was turning to baseball, that was we were in the mix, the, yeah, and as in, and it turned out to be in an embarrassing way, somewhat. But I still think that I don't know. I, I it, the word failure just has such a, a connotation of co- of completeness to me that I don't I don't buy it yeah. at all. I I think it's some something much closer to a push of a season. And it, let's say that, like I said, let's say that somehow we're able to keep this thing for a ten year window that means five or six more years. You really mean to tell me that as a Ranger fan who, however many months ago, was riding high about our roster and our depth and you know, obviously the injury thing is serious, um, but you really mean to tell me you don't feel like if they get five more cracks at this thing, they're not going to get at least two or three of those that are better than this? Like, this might be the worst. Like, yeah. And if it's not, you should really think about that <laughs> because there's a chance that you take a roster that you feel this good about into a season and then you do finish five or six games out at the end of the year. Yeah. In, it's kind of like the I'm going to give you something to cry about thing that like we talk about with your parents. Like, And you do kind of wonder how the long-term effect of not having to play a postseason. Like if you worry about how much, how drained they were by, you know, it's better than farting around for a couple series and then saying that you were too exhausted then and bowing out. And I disagree. Really get a, I disagree because I still would have liked, you know, and it's kind of, I've never really liked No, I'm not. I'm not saying I would rather. Rather, but as far as on I'm, your... Just sure. As far as the team being rested and your ideas of future success, if we need a silver lining, yeah. As far as uh, or an upside, as far as kind of like it making you think about your, it certainly has made me think a lot about my approach to life and the thing I've been thinking about a lot. And 
we kind of mentioned this last week when we were talking about Jay Cutler, is that I feel like, um, to a certain extent, like, I don't know, it's almost like a... Like, sometimes it certainly feels like life is set up to make happiness difficult for you. <laughs> and, uh... Oh, goody. <laughs> I feel like, uh... I feel like the way... One of the ways, like, you can kind of, uh... Counteract that, or... Maybe I shouldn't even say that life is set... There's a way you can set up your life to make happiness more likely for you. Yes. Um, leaving aside entirely the question of whether or not life is helping or hurting you in this endeavor. Um... <laughs> And I, I feel like, you know, the, the way to do that is expectations and, like, mindset and thinking about things. And, you know, if if you're if you're not going to be happy about 93 wins, then you really start to have to look at yourself and ask yourself if you're ever going to let yourself be happy about it. You know, like, if, if that's not good enough for you, then not much is going to be good enough for you and you're going to have a real miserable time with this whole thing and... I'd take up a different hobby, you know? I tend to agree, but the obvious devil's advocate uh, argument to that is, well, isn't there, couldn't there, uh, couldn't something be said to that if they would have played to their full potential that they were a 100-win team and that there is something, sometimes people do play both below and above their paper and that's more frustrating than just losing? Even if that's... Like, like a obviously, there's no way to prove it. Yeah, that's uh, even if that's true, and there's no way you could ever prove that it's true. Um, it's a thought that's counterproductive to your happiness. If your goal is to uh, enjoy sports, then there's just no place in sports for that thought. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not sure that I totally agree because well, there's then, obviously the quitting thing that you can't prove that either. But there are times when to but I, I mean, you know me. I just, I feel like those, those sorts of things are just so beyond ever having a conclusive for sure about that. You know. Yeah, but there's times where you honestly can like the, the take the eyeball test and you can tell. The thing about Josh that makes me think that he's quitting is whenever he, uh, whenever he doesn't walk, and his walk rate was one of the higher this year than any. You know. Like that's when I that what I, and I guess I should look at strikeout rate too. Let me yeah, let's save some Josh stuff. Okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because I have some a little bit of data on that too. But I guess my overall my overall uh, attempted point here is that, and I guess also the last thing to touch on here would be Wash. I just think we, there's uh, to like sum up. I I just think there's something really to be said for approaching it from trying you know like just make making it your goal to enjoy it. And and considering everything from that viewpoint, and well, yeah, I think I think it's something there's something to be said for what you feel like you're owed as a fan. And again, I think it goes back to that expectations and but to, like, to like breaking ever it down. Thinking but you're owed, and this was like they helped on it so huge. It's not like ever thinking you're owed anything is just like it's 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 a it's a barrier to happiness. You know, like it's a barrier to enjoyment. Sure. But at some point, you are going to have there as a fan. You're allowed to set reasonable expectations, and then base your reaction to an assessment of based off those. Yeah, yeah, no expectations. I, I wouldn't disagree. With and that. whenever I'm paying, you know, whenever I'm walking half an hour to get to my ballpark for my parking spot, and you know, just in general, you're getting forty five or whatever a night, you know, and you're spending a bunch of money. 
and you got a uh, I don't know I just think that there's something to be said for when you look at the amount of money a team spends especially in baseball where that really matters and say hey I expect you to be competitive in this level of yeah. uh, of this range here and then you base it off that I would just say watch where you put your expectations like you know. dude I've made the case before that I think you know I think it's absurd to me and unfortunate we talked about it in the playoff debate. Uh, versus, you know, like Eurosports, mm-hmm. that it's unfortunate to me that in baseball, after you play 6,000 regular season games, you then go play a uh, best of four inning series uh, in the playoffs, and then yeah. that determines. It's maddening. And, that, and that the team that finishes second in that, that their fan base is just, in general, usually not happy. And it, it, that's insane to me. Like, and, and again, I, maybe the word that I don't know the words for, because happy is not really what I'm talking about. Yeah. Satisfied's not even really what I'm talking about. It's just a general. It's a feeling that I can't describe. Of part of it has to do with appreciativeness. Yeah, that's part of it has to do say, with like your, appreciation. your your tone. Just your tone. Like just watch your tone when you're when you're talking about people that just overwhelmingly supply you with good times, and even the bad times that they you get from it are still really they're heavy feelings that are good for you. It's you know what I mean. Like it's yeah, it's making you react. Like you know. People get into sports to make their lives more exciting. Like it's more exciting to follow things that are exhilarating, like this. You know, like there's a reason you're doing it. So appreciate both sides of it, and especially when you have something like this. Like we really do, I think, have a gem of a situation in this city. Now, obviously, just like I thought they were going to get into the playoffs and they didn't, this could be the last playoff run this team makes. Uh, maybe they miss the playoffs by 10 games next year. They firewash. JD resigns a year after that. And then this looks stupid when someone listens to it when we're on episode 500, still doing the podcast and not doing anything yeah. on the air. But again, if you look at the, the data, it's unlikely. Were we going to talk about Wash? Uh, just as far as the uh, overreaction and the uh, the how you assess it, I mean, I think that's a, b- a big part of this is that the argument that they're to the point where this finish renders the heads rolling reaction manager gone. Yeah. I just think I can't compute that. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I, this, I think that I, you know, I think he's a, I think he's a guy that's smart enough and good enough at it to uh, manage the team to 93 wins. So he's pretty, you know, and two world, two world series, you like know, 60 I, win managers deserve to be fired. 93 win managers don't. And it's you know? the same argument with the player, the devil's advocate argument, the players of saying, and what if they had a guy who knew a little bit more what he was doing, couldn't they have got to 100? And it's it's uh, equally un, unproductive, but that's, that, that's just, what, that's what you got to face. I just, I, I certainly would never, like... Like, I, don't, I just don't know that you can expect a lot more than 93 in any circumstance. You know, like, like to have a 100-win season, something that doesn't happen every year, this year didn't even come close. How many did the Nats win? Uh, I think it was 98. Yeah, I, I think both are here. I've got it pulled up. I think what you're yeah, saying both is true. Won 98, this so, is more a debate you have between 70 and 80. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. not 93 and 97. So, so what I'm saying is, like, like ninety three is kind of really in the upper range of what you can expect. Like so, if they fell below expectations, it can't have possibly been by much. And here's what's so insane about that argument: is most of the guys who are most of the people who will make the argument that you need to have Wash expelled will also have real complaints about the roster. 
But if you believe that Wash was limiting them from getting above 93 wins, then you believe the roster was capable of more than 93 wins. Yeah. How is that possible? Like, if the I, players you know, needed I, replacing I so bad... you don't want to enjoy it. Right. If Then maybe Wash was uh, actually could have had him at 100 if he would have been given a better... You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So, so I, re- I, I don't think they should fire Wash. I think he did a good job this year. I'm so sick and tired of hearing him. Like, no doubt. Like during the press call, like he just he says things that like like just they seem like they're out and out lies. Like like he says like like the fucking answer, and he does a lot of things similar to this. Like last year when he said, you know. Like, all throughout the playoffs, this mantra is just, you know, kind of like, you know, we got these things that we do, and we're just going to keep on doing them like we always done them. Despite the fact that he was totally fucking radically different in the way he handled everything during the postseason. Whatever you'd ask him, like, why are you putting in, like, 20 pitchers? He's like, well, you know, this is just kind of my style. This is how I've always done it. No, you don't. Yeah. And then he he said in the in the press conference, he was like, you know... Well, you wouldn't be saying about that us if it were if we were the hot team, but we just didn't get hot. But I don't make excuses. You never make excuses. You just made the fucking excuse of we're not the hot team. Like fate didn't really smile upon us, so what are we gonna do? But I don't make excuses. Like he's got a master's in the self justification department, and, and I just I wonder if even like like it's it seems I think it is a lie, but a lie like I don't I don't think he means to lie about it. You know what I mean? Like like I just wonder if he's like so. I don't know. Like, Look, just no. his, his his logical cohesion is so poor that he doesn't even like you. And I've noticed this before. You sometimes discount. I think the mental state that a lot of these guys have to get in to do their job, and it doesn't involve like the most honest self evaluation. Yeah, like we all make fun of the way Jason Garrett talks, but what the way he talks is is almost textbook what they teach you about you know what i mean like the the going forward stuff the uh you can't change the past yeah i mean that's it's not you're not going to be able to get yourself mentally prepared to be confident if you're constantly actually being honest with yourself like in a especially in a public way about i should have done this differently yeah. Like that's not something that that job lends itself to. Sure. And that's what and he plus it also lends itself to simpletons in a lot of cases. And if not if they're not simpletons, there's they're guys who know how to separate the two and go on a simple mindset whenever they're trying to do their job and live the rest of their life another way. But for the most part, it's guys who are able to think about just one thing and like, look, we're just doing this. I'm just doing this. I'm just doing this. I'm just doing this. I'm really not going to stop and think about what I'm doing here all that much. I'm just going to keep trying to do it. It's just, it's not the most like self-reflective. Uh, he, he's, he's like I said, he's justifying things. He's a simple dude. He's not going to spend too much and time is, self-analyzing. The playoffs really hot. And at least in his answers. He is whenever I, I feel like uh, managers become a lot more important in the playoffs. Um, sure. And, just every postseason, and I just I I like. Uh, He's had some issues with his with his. Did uh, you read Jonah Carey's preview of the wild card game? No. One of the things he like leaned on kind of heavily was uh, like he just brought back up all of the things that Washington did wrong last postseason. When saying, like, you know, remember he's facing Buck Showalter, who's generally competent at these things. Yeah. And it just it just made me remember again, like, just. 
he's I strategically saw... bad, but again, you know, he he does things that, are, and I I believe whatever and says like I I can certainly see how he would be an excellent person to work under, how he's very supportive, how you know, if I were a baseball player, the way he handled Michael Young would be you know one of the coolest things anyone had ever done in my book. Like I would think that was so fucking awesome. Yeah, you got to take the whole thing, right? Unless Just like I was we talk about with Hamilton. Yeah. But, you know but what I'm saying. Maybe, uh, what is it? If last... I was Ian Kinsler, if I watched him do that with Young, I would think that, you know, he would be my hero from then on. Right. So, and again, while there's no way... there's you And can, that's useful. There's a much easier way to, uh, you know, make a empirical argument against his uh, actual managerial decisions than there is for his impact on the team... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like motivationally, it's way harder to prove that than it is to say if you would have done this differently, this yeah, would have worked yeah. out. Yeah, the stuff on the field you can see, you know. But I still feel like it's there, and I still feel like that's like you said, that's part of his, uh, that's part of his, you know, his charm or whatever. And actually, you can somewhat see it on the field because he will stick with a guy. And what was it? I think it was yeah. Cruz who had. Uh, had some slumps last year in the playoffs, and he, I, I feel like I remember that he stuck with him, and it ended up working out a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, he was the MVP of the LCS. Yeah. So, again, you got to take the whole thing together. You can't – and that's another thing that I feel like we all have a really – we all do a really bad job at. It's And it's part of the Hamilton conversation, but with Wash, it's that, you know, as soon as things go bad, it's his fault, but on the way there, it's – He's. It's just a weird. It's just yeah. a weird way of looking at it to me. They won ninety three games because the players are good and lost the division because Wash. You know, what are you going to do? Wash. Obviously, I don't think it even needs being said. I think he's got another year left. But there's no way they fire him this off season. They're, they'll probably shake up their coaching staff a little bit. Whatever. I, I thought, don't know how much any of that. Based matters. on the press conference, that definitely seemed like they're gonna right. Coaching staff, like if they, I don't know how much that stuff matters, dude. I don't know like enough they kinda, about it. They kind of said like we, dynamics we haven't, team. we haven't like talked about it enough to come to a firm conclusion on it. Was kind of their response, and I feel like if the talk you have to have is uh, everyone did a real good job and they're all coming back, then <laughs> right, it doesn't take that long. Or is it, you know, I mean, I guess that you know someone could go to bat for the coaches and and win, but you know. The fact they're having a long talk about it says something. Yeah, but, no doubt. And also the the fact that they underperformed. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think we we need to reiterate in all this, uh, hey, chill with your uh, with your mad face emoticon, they did underperform. Uh, you have you individually. Individually, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's kind of where you talk. Yeah, no, coach. I don't think stuff. I don't think the the team. You know, like I said. I, I don't think 93 wins can ever really be considered a massive underachievement, but when you look at each of the individual guys, short of Beltran and Murphy, and in this you case, kind of say, and in this case, a slight team underachievement was enough to be a really critical problem. Like uh, some years, you might be able to get away with. It's not every year that you're going to have a team in your division that in the second half wins 65 or 70 percent of their games yeah. or whatever. Did we? Have, surely they would have. Uh, surely ninety three wins. Did they even win ninety three last year? Uh, I believe so. Uh, we can look that up in the break. But okay, I guess yeah. my overall right, well, my overall to, thing uh, is just let's just you know enjoy the ride, guys. It was fun. 
It was fun. We probably could have got a couple more weeks of fun out of it. You got to care the whole time. And you know what? Just seeing, like, as, as frustrating as the game itself was, just turning on the TV and seeing just the way the stands look when there's playoffs and just the TBS, you know, like having the uh, having the blimp. Do they have the blimp on Friday? Uh, I don't remember, but... They always have the blimp it for, just the, feels uh, bigger. for the playoff games, and that's uh, one of my... <laughs> It feels I, I really bigger. like it. I really like the blimp shot. You want to so, be you want to be in the big fights, and that's that's the point of this whole thing. They got you there, so enjoy the ride. But while I may negate the idea of yeah, in 2010 they only won 90 and won the uh, and won the West. In 2011, 96 they won in 2011. While I may disagree with the idea that they need to be because I did hear all of these terms rebuilt, torn apart uh, those were on the station I saw a lot of people that I read um, if it blown up these sorts of terms, while I may think all that is absolutely insane there's no doubt that there's going to be more change here this off season than there has been over the past few yeah but that was going to be the case no matter what sure they might change a little more because of that, but yeah. But I guess that and um, how funny it is when Josh Hamilton answers Japanese reporters' questions with Bible verses is what we're going to discuss next. <laughs> All right, here's his first report, and you almost need the video to go with it. Uh, as it, it was all I could think of was me talking to Sparky Anderson many years ago. It just it was. Uh, I thought of the guy in Total Recall that didn't want Arnold to realize it wasn't a dream and that sweat is just pouring down the side of his uh, face and just hoping he doesn't get shot. It was just very nervy and kind of nervy to listen to. Special treat now as we welcome Anthony Andro. Anthony. Hey, Dad. We got to talk a little bit, uh, I guess, before the game to some of the Rangers about coming here. David Murphy loves it. This is where his uh, first child was born. Derek Holland loves the history. And we got to talk a little bit to Michael Young, who uh, has made any, more trips here than any other Ranger. And uh, here's a little bit of what he had to say. I'm 100 years in one ballpark is pretty special. So for a visiting player, for us, uh, I know a lot of the guys in here enjoy coming to Boston. Uh, like I said, it's always a challenge because you know you're playing a good team. And combine that with the energy that the crowd gives here, it's always uh, it's always a fun atmosphere. And it, it's, a, it's a great atmosphere. It's also it's one of the oldest parks in baseball, and it's also an important series for the Rangers where they got that big stretch coming up. So it's a great way for them to get the, this series started right now. And the... Uh, Big part of that four-run second inning here. Can we go back to the start of the report? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I need Special to... treat now as we welcome Anthony Andro. Anthony. Hey, Dad. We got to talk a little bit. Uh... <laughs> How'd your trip go, man? It went great, Top Cat. It went great. Did you see the chimps? No chimps. You're strangely obsessed with the New Iberia chimps. That's their high school mascot. Jake, uh, Jake's girlfriend's from New Iberia, Louisiana, which is uh, the home of the largest chimpanzee testing facility remaining in America. The strangest thing is they didn't even mention that. I, uh... Like, I would definitely put that on the bullet point of Northridge and Hills. Like, today's Northridge and Hills bullet point. Yeah. Which was that 
the Chinese restaurant that my family ordered from by my high school that four or five of my high school buddies worked at and four Bang or five things. of Hunan Walk and four or five of my bro- uh, my brother's buddies worked at over the years there was a shooting one dead one uh, one injured at the restaurant today at like four o'clock in the afternoon there was always like some they pretty shady out why no I think last I read do they know who did it but just can't figure out why <laughs> uh the Hunan fascination? No, I don't. <laughs> I haven't really looked up on it in the past. Uh, I don't know since I first saw the story and became bored with it. But no, no I, I think it was like uh, somebody drove off. Really? There's always weird stuff going on in there, dude. I mean, yeah, it just didn't feel on yeah. the up and up. But there was uh, there was chimps would be on my bullet point. Privately owned uh, businesses around Plano East that always sure. had a uh, very yeah. Um, Thanks for giving up the music bit, by the way. You know, Glad just... To see. To, I, I hope mean, I don't, like I said, I I hope I don't earn myself another round of this for commenting oh, we'll, on it, but we'll it needs to be said. bring it back sometime. Eh. <laughs> oh, you, you would rather not. Weird, I wouldn't have guessed. Uh, no, it was cool, though, man. Like, we got there on Saturday. Uh, the, her, it was her dad's 50th birthday. And her dad's sister had a party at their house they had a big uh these people party dude like they these they're now you called them cajun on the radio today were they like uh talk like cajun cajun oh yeah really well i mean they, i mean like they have Bobby accents Boucher, cajun Nah, i mean it's not that pronounced could they, had, they not not they necessarily bobby boucher but uh could have appeared in the movie yeah, i mean yeah i guess so would have been at the uh <laughs> excuse me yeah i guess so the uh the they just, gathering that they drove a bus into the middle of to deliver the NCAA decree. Or How the, often do you think they have the opposing coach be the messenger on uh, who is and is not eligible? Or the crowd that gathered outside totally of unrealistic his movie. mom's hospital uh, yeah, to try yeah. to encourage him to come back? Yeah. No, they yeah they definitely talk differently, dude. Like that's not made up. They they use they have different slang. They have different accents. Do they, they uh, eat crawdads for most meals? Uh, the party that was there, the, I attended, there was definitely, like, gumbo served. Huge amounts of gumbo. Um, they, they just, they drink, they really drink, and, uh... What is, uh, what is a stereotypical Cajun drink? Oh, I think, you know, I think in New Orleans it's the hurricane, but... Ooh, yes. I just, I just mean just general alcohol consumption. But no, it was a fun my, time. Uh, and then- my one New Orleans experience, like, uh, it was, I stayed with, um, it was weird because I don't, I don't, I hadn't meant really to stay with, it was a really a poorly handled situation by me. I went down there without uh, anything approaching the money required to take a trip to New Orleans. Was this, were you with the Lezzy? No, it was, uh, we lived together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because I remember you. uh, We just moved in Sixth Street over the quarter. Yeah, and uh, all day, I I continue to hold that opinion, and it drives me nuts that uh, they'll come back with shots of Sixth Street for Saints games, like every game. You mean they'll never do it for uh, UT? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Bourbon Street. Yeah, but no one. You're not really spending just a ton of time on either one of those streets if you know what you're doing anyway but you know so. what i'm saying yeah yeah sure um but uh whenever i went down there and uh and so i stayed with this guy and uh and i you know i'd known him all throughout college he certainly drank as much or more than people i knew but 
the level of full-blown terrifying alcoholism that had uh, gripped him um, <laughs> so apparently during our time there. And just, like, to see the transformation and then to hear everything everyone else says about, like, that's just how it is for everyone, man. It really is. It's, and it's a... There's a bug. Just the amount of hurricanes that he would drink and Ugh. just the different times of day that were not appropriate for disgusting. five hurricanes and just waking up with a Bloody Mary every... It was... Ugh. It's Ugh. a... It's a fascinating existence, Jake. I gotta limit that to a one day a month type thing. Man, and I would, and for all those reasons, I would love to go back. Yeah, it's I, I it's am, fun to be around. A t- I am very time envious bomb. of you that you get to go, that you've managed to go as often as you have. It's been fun. It's been fun, but uh, no, we just you know hung out, uh, watched. Dude, that West Virginia Texas game was a was a great watch. They had a real serious TV set up. Um, then Sunday, uh, drove to New Orleans about an hour and a half and how long did, at what time Sunday? Uh, we got there like five. Okay. So had a hotel, the Hyatt right next to the dome. You could walk. That's just so nuts. It's just, it's just like, you're not even in the same country as going to a game in Arlington. Like you're, it's, it's, it's that different that I don't think that's a trite, uh, cliche thing to say it literally feel the culture is so different and what appear to be the laws are so different that you would if you walked in and knew nothing about both situations but knew of the concept of the nation state would say <laughs> these are different yeah completely different entities you think it's the uh, napoleonic code that accounts for this what is that that their laws are uh, organized this, according to the napoleonic code and that they have civil and criminal I, As one, you're not court? gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna. Oh, that was just kind of any. a top. He hitting the top with the the rod there, then There's, whipping the bait back. <laughs> There's a time when I would have been able to explain it to you. When I were like, if you talked to me right after we went over this in, uh, you know, senior year political science class of high school. I never took any political science in college or one course. Um, then I would have been able to tell you, but I forgot. I just know that their laws are organized entirely different to ours. Yeah, I think I'm on the right track, but we don't have time to stop down for that. But anywho, yeah, it's just, it's a fun time, dude. I mean, if you anybody who easily the most impressive part of Catch Me If You Can is the fact he passed the Louisiana bar exam if as you're, a 16 year old, having never been to law school, and he claims to have done it legitimately. Yeah, I'd say the code thing plus the energy side of it that always kicks things up a notch. A lot of natural gas down there. Mm. That sort of thing. Um, a lot of offshore law. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that'd be a little bit more of a mind F. But no, what I was going to say, and we probably said this last time I went, but seriously, if it's kind of like I feel like uh, on a different level, even without going, I would say if you're gonna, if you're a sports fan, I, I, I plan to try to schedule a trip to uh, London or you know somewhere in England or perhaps Spain during soccer season to see something. Sure. Of, and I think that... If you're able to schedule, you know, a New Orleans trip around a Saints home game, you know, you're going to have a tough time getting tickets, but if you can weasel your way in, I don't I just don't see how there's Do anything any else like it. You have concept if it was like this often? Well, like, I mean, they you mean talk about like when they were terrible? Yeah. Uh no, they was not like to this degree. I mean, well, yeah, they had, but I mean, they were getting games blacked out like on the regular. Yeah, no, I mean, I assume it was worse. I just wonder like was it worse while, it re- really. while retaining this distinct character? I don't know. 
Yeah. I just know that now the the dome coupled with the culture coupled with because the, there's you, you can never underestimate a uh, covered stadium versus non covered stadium. There's points where it's too loud. There's points where I mean, as far as your comfort level, yeah, it becomes a that kind of hurts type. You know, and you still enjoy it, but it's just like this is this is, and that's just dome we, stadiums. Like even dome stadiums for fan bases that don't care are still really loud. It's. Which is why it's so it's shocking a, it's, to me the Cowboys was as quiet as they were. Sure. It's embarrassing for uh, for Cowboy fans. Okay. So back to uh, the eulogy and attempt at reincarnating. Maybe we'll become like a nice butterfly. It's just uh, it's back to reality, Jake. Back to life. Oh, there goes gravity. Well, I think we just did two different songs. Yeah. Uh so what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Hamilton, or do you want to start with uh, let's let's twist and tweak? Uh, yeah, let's let's start with Hamilton. Okay. Um, I think the weird thing to me about what I've heard over the past four days uh, is that I thought we'd all already decided that there was no effing way we were bringing him back. Like, who are these people that? Oh, I don't think that had been the general consensus. Okay. Well, I think that like people, you teased what as far as uh like you teased as far as what kind like what exactly they they might need to do or I don't know. I just feel like there's no chance that they were bringing it back either way like you're talking about is how much change in the last 2 weeks as to what they were going to do. Like if we would have had this conversation 2 weeks before, how much changed? I mean, I don't think this change. The last two weeks didn't change it for me at all. I I thought we'd all already, you know, oh, decided on this fact. I I feel like this has changed massively as far as. I think that there's been a sense the entire time where you were trying to uh, come to grips with the fact he wasn't going to be playing for the team next year, but it was something you were struggling against, not something that you were uh, cheering for. And I think that the last two weeks has been the only time that changed. Well, maybe that's good then for the Rangers PR, but from a personal perspective, just my opinion, I'd say that I'd no, already I- resolved the fact of I don't want him them to bring him back for a number of reasons. I do want to enjoy the last you know, month I had this guy here because it's been an overall a very interesting, compelling situation, but all that aside, I I was done with this the second I started, dude, I don't want to pay a 32-year-old with good health that amount of money for five or six years. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to pay this guy that. And I think that anybody that says otherwise is insane. No, I think uh, I think that we laid it out pretty clearly, and my opinion hasn't changed at all about uh, the difference between his perceived value and actual value is just so large that it's it was never going to work out. That the, the Rangers care too much about actual value for... You to know, get into any Paul Bunyan contracts? Yeah, to sign anybody on their majestic nature. There's an owner out there, and I don't know. There's been a lot of public opinion that uh, that he had that like that. This is that. <laughs> it almost seems laughable that people seem to entertain the idea that he'll uh, maybe just try out a one-year deal to reestablish his value. Like that's what people are saying about Prince Fielder. You remember that? Yeah. People said that about Prince Fielder, and he signed like a fucking nine-year contract <laughs> for two hundred million dollars. Yes. Yeah. No one does that. No, the, and and well, no one's gonna do that here. It's not gonna like 
Like, there is an owner out there, and there only needs to be one, that just thinks it's going to change fucking everything. You know, there, there's your Tom Hicks in an A-Rod situation. That, that, that's going to happen. But even as I said that I'd already uh, resigned myself Like, you know how fights. much owners love God? <laughs> right, this no doubt. This is done. Yeah, and Majestic, and Flags. This guy will, this guy's like the equivalent of signing a flag. Like, he's so just, he's, he, he represents more than he actually is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's the baseball version of a flag. But, he really is. <laughs> but even, even. No, I've been kind of grateful that, that I, I've way. always felt that way. And now it's for a lot of different reasons and reasons I'm not sure I agree with. But I'm not even going to think about that for very long because now, for the first time, I feel everyone agrees with me. They want him gone too, and I don't want him gone. He, I just it's just it's just never going to make sense. Exactly, to resign him. So I guess on that I, again, as as we talk about maybe uh, the not playing three series, fruitless series. Uh, the upside of that is that you're not as tired later. Maybe, although that actually matters, and what the fans think doesn't. Yeah, but but the, there's certainly uh, benefits I feel in my life to uh, not having. You know, it, it would have been annoying. To have people just flipping out over it when he was never worth that. Although uh, it, it, I cannot help even with that benefit to be. Uh, I can't help but to be bothered whenever people in, insinuate strongly that he just wanted time off and that's why he made up something about his eyes. Like that's stupid. You have no idea. You can't prove that. You have you have no clue. So if they and everyone else tell me that. His, he couldn't focus, and he couldn't focus, and you can't hit when you can't fucking see. I Okay, here's what I would say to that. That I do believe that there was actually something going on with him, but it just reinforces the idea that there's more going on with him because it takes less for something to be going on with him. And that has to figure into that's just the same as Miles Austin's hamstrings. Yeah. No, and I've never I've never heard of another Actually, athlete it's worse. who could a lot worse. Who just pulled himself because he couldn't see. Because but, I've heard of know. a lot of guys who pull hamstrings. Yeah. And so you know, it's it's really that tenuous deal where you don't want to say a guy's quitting, you don't want to say a guy doesn't care. I I don't I I genuinely don't want to say that at all. I don't think that's the I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case either. And the reason I say that is because there were several times throughout the year where he had games as bad as the one he had at the end of the year there. And then 2 weeks later, what did he just start caring again? Yeah. Like if the if if the, if you what you use and you even said it earlier as to when he cares or doesn't care, I I just don't think if you what you use is his plate approach, then do we just to say that the times when he had horrible approach, those are when he didn't care? Maybe there's something to. It's just it's hard to uh, just the way that he swings at pitches early in the count that are way out of the zone. That just like I kind of. I understand that it doesn't actually have anything to do with whether or not he cares. It just looks so much like Certainly. the actions of someone who does. So not does the give fly ball. Fuck. Yeah. But maybe the more Good God, that was bad. <laughs> it could have been much worse. I mean Maybe the more accurate way to describe it like watching that live. The more accurate word is just checked in and checked out, you know? That just like it's more likely that little uh 
small deviations from homeostasis, you know, just your normal, I wake up, I, you know, you're just your small normal changes in his daily situation or anyone's, it takes a smaller change to take him, like, say, out of a lineup. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think in that same regard, it takes a smaller change to take him mentally a little bit further away from where he needs to be to be at his best. Whereas a normal guy might be able to deal with. And you know, it's a testament to his his level of talent that he's able to do what he does with all the, you know? No, no doubt. But I think that makes more sense to me. And that is, you may call it a little bit less ballsy, but I just think it's a little more sensible than saying he just doesn't care. I think it's that you have to take the player as a whole. And part of the player, of what the player is, and you read in that SI article, like they talked to his what it was like his rehab baseball school coach or whatever that said like, I mean, he just has, he has trouble like practicing and stuff. He has trouble paying attention long enough to be like into routine, like fundamental work. Yeah. And that is telling to me. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't care. It's not surprising in the slightest. Not at all. It's how he's wired. It's how he's wired. And you can get mad at him for it, but if you get mad at him for it, then I feel like you really don't have the right to be just overjoyed when he first pitch first pitch crushes something yeah. four hundred and ten feet or whatever. And you know it's like it's like I don't mean I don't know. You got to take the whole thing. I don't want this to come off it. It's it's like being mad at a dog for being a dog. You know, like like that's more on you. It's you know it goes back to expectations. You, you, you know you sure you put your expectations there and that was your fault. Now the dog thing the thing about that is you do have some ownership over the you know you can train a dog you know Yeah no like, I I don't I mean like not your dog I mean like I don't know I know what you're saying but I mean cuz I get into that argument about our dog a lot I'm like dude don't get mad at the dog like if the dog the only way the dog would know to not do that is if you taught it not to do that that's your yeah. fault yeah. and so that's really kind of a more similar thing is that it's like yeah I mean I guess it's the same thing just that don't get mad at, at him. Like, you're the one who like cheers for him whenever he does the exact same thing and it works out well. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it's yeah. been demonstrated all throughout the year. I mean, there were minor deviations in his plate approach, but really it had to do with... They were more similar than dissimilar, the, his months by plate approach. Right. And it had to do with, you know, he would tweak it a little bit just to reel pitchers back in. Like, it was really more changes in what pitchers were doing to him. Yeah, and then he would make minor adjustments that would cause probably even greater changes in what he was seeing than it should have, and you know you got to take the good with the bad. I think that's the overall. No, I always think that his approach has, I you know, as good as he is, it's clear he could be better. And I, I though the main way that I feel like that manifests itself is his play. Like, I mean, his numbers he's always just been so bad, and but. At swinging its shit out of the zone. Okay, say he's been so bad, but he was worse this year in just about every single category yeah. possible, yeah. play discipline wise. Swinging strikes. But I, uh, I feel like that's one of those things. And you, I mean, you know me, I, I'm all about, you know, the the way to really know things is to look at them and find out that they are statistically verifiably true. But uh, Josh's play discipline is one of those things that's always jumped off the screen to me. Of that's really bad. Yeah, and it's bad, but then it gets worse. And it's basically yeah, yeah. been – it got a little bit worse from 2010 to 2011 and considerably worse to 2011, from 2011 to 2012. So and 2012 in the middle of the year, it was 
crippling. You're not able to be a player who's worth having an everyday spot right now if this is what you're going to do. <laughs> like, Right. So there's on-the-field reasons uh, why. Like if his whole career was June and July, like if he'd hit like that his whole career and had that approach his whole career, you know, he wouldn't have a job. But he still had a pretty, I mean, a 4-4 war is fairly... I don't want to say pedestrian, but for what you might expect, oh, it's out good. Of him, it's real good. It's good. It's an above average start. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's better than he was last year. In fact, obviously nowhere close to 2010. It's only two or three of those guys every year on a team. But again, it goes the way he put it together uh, was still not your average route to that that number. Yeah, and and, and you know, like you know. Uh, this whole thing has been about expectations. When you expect him to be your best player, and he's your third best player, that you know, it's good to be a third best player on a team. Not a lot of people can do it, but you want your best player to be your best player. You know. But we've been through the projections. You've been through what the uh, projected as far as how people think he'll play into his you know mid thirties to you know thirty six, thirty seven. We is, all is there anyone where projections make less. Do you feel less sure about them than him? Um, I'm not saying they mean nothing. I'm a guy, again, who believes a ton in projections. and. I guess he does have that... Marcel. I guess he does have that uh, defying the odds nature about him. But at the same time, there's not many people that I'm more confident will break down. So to me, most of the projections are overwhelmingly negative... And I think those are largely based on the idea that he won't be able yeah, to... someone that misses innings like this over the course of their career. Or he won't miss innings and he'll play hurt. Yeah. Or he'll, he'll always have something nagging him. Or he will be playing on games, uh, excuse me, games where he's checked out a little bit or days where he's checked out a little bit. So... Have you ever heard of Marcel? No. It's a, it's a projection system that's uh, known as So Easy a Monkey Can Do It. So they named it after uh, Ross's Monkey and Friends. Wow. I call it Marcel. That's about Go the ahead. most... Is it baseball only? Yeah. That's about the most baseball dork thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, But so, for reasons that I think, you know, are pretty clear, I think both of us are the type of guys, team building-wise, that say paying somebody $25 million a year, uh, even if they exceed those... The, those are uh, horrible projections that you see every time someone really digs out and tries to do a five-year projection on him. Yeah. It's still not even close to worth it. Yeah. No, I mean, there's guys... Love the fact, love what he's given us. It's been, like I said, it's been incredibly compelling. You and know, I, I think the Tom Hicks A-Rod contract has been fine. Like, the, you know, I'm not saying that there's no one that you could give $25 million to. I'm just saying, not him. Not him, not at that age. For a multitude of reasons. The whole profile, just, you know, for me, just the number one thing is the gap between perception and reality with him. But probably an even more fascinating part of this really became, I think, a little bit more, you know, clearer into focus after the game Friday night. And I think, you know, whether you, I don't, I don't want to say the guy quit. I feel like, you know, like I said, I feel like that's a little bit more of a leap than I'm willing to take, but yeah. It's just, it's dude. He is just so weird. It's He's one of just, those things where if you if you feel certain about it, then I just don't trust your standards of proof. You know. What do you mean? Like if you're sure that you know he quit, oh, then I just don't have faith in your ability to determine, you know, 
things you can be sure about. True, but I will say that some of the comments that he had Friday night um, would seem to indicate that he had crossed that barrier to what we what we called checking out. He just he struck me then as uh, he strikes me a lot of times. Hear him talk that he's just kind of dumb. He is kind of dumb. And uh, did you read the Grantland? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty good. I thought it was pretty good because you know that's it doesn't have a ton to do with you know how he what pitches he lays off of and you know what time of day he's best defensively. But as far as just breaking down the what do you even want to call it the aura and just, just how the mystique that has surrounded this guy for the past few years and just. I think the main point is that he's become a prisoner of his own story. And he's kind of, well, like like that uh, that his story's already been, it's done. Like, you know, like there's just, he's built up and everyone else has built up for him a an explanation of his life that doesn't really include this year in it, you know? It doesn't, it really doesn't include judging past the point of, it's just, hey man, you quit drugs and got back to being good at baseball, and that's we it. Sh- we should never pay attention to the degree to which you are good at baseball, or you know, certainly not breaking down things like your swing percentages, right? You know, and and so when you look at it that way, it makes a lot of sense how why he would have such a why he would do such a piss poor job of handling that press talking to afterwards and the thing and I, I heard all three uh, times it was played on the station and uh, still the thing that struck out to me the most that I the musers lightly touched upon but was never mentioned again was the way at the end of it how and I, I, I don't know if this is normal or something obviously I wouldn't know I'm uh, not allowed to go to the <laughs> clubhouse sure um, <laughs> how at the end of it he just goes go go like no that's he cut that off, you know. That was his. He was, he was not happy. No, and I mean, I, I'm cool with ending a press conference or, or saying I don't like questions anymore. I'm not cool with fucking go go <laughs> like you're you're shoot fucking, out like a dog. Yeah, it's just so. There's no fucking human respect in it. There's no acknowledgement that these are people who are have as much a right to uh, live and be curious as I am. And it's just well, it should it's be. so fucking con- like like you're just here to serve. I don't know. There was yeah, but dude, I mean he's it, struck he's right at an too. extremely vulnerable. That's about as if you took all the times uh, that he's going to uh, be asked to handle a situation in his life. That's probably the one where he's least equipped to do it. And yeah. you're going to get a the most callous possible response that you could get from him is. After a loss, when he played terrible and he's getting questions that are not comfortable for him about his future and about his faith. I mean, very few people are going to handle that well. A guy that's as ill-prepared like he is is going to handle it really, 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 really poorly. And he did. It just seemed like it was in a different realm whenever he's, you know. But so was the questioning. And I think that's part of the deal is that. But No, I'm I'm saying like his, the the go-go is in a different realm than the answers. Like the answers were. You know, kind of combative and not good, but they weren't like out and out. You know, like just dehumanizing the way that the dismissal was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like you said, it's the thing that that piece kind of pointed out is that he 
he doesn't have any answers that don't fit into uh, that that narrative that's already been written, and that's why people are so interested in asking them. Yeah, because it's a it's a train wreck. No, it's it's, it's like it's like his life is a puzzle, and he's already finished the puzzle, and now we're dumping a whole bunch of fucking extra pieces on him, and he's just right. What the fuck am I going to do with these? And since he doesn't know where to put them, we'll just kind of we'll do it. <laughs> and he's not real cool with you no. with his puzzle. No, he was fine with it staying as just a train coming into the station. Why did you have to add those mountains? Yeah. Didn't need them. Uh, so I'd say it's probably the most compelling athlete of all time. And I am becoming time. eager for uh, him to be someone else's problem. The most com- one, of the, one of, if not the most compelling and interesting local athlete of all time. Uh, his His run is done here. It's going to be really, really weird, and there's going to be a million more segments about this. And right now, I'm super excited for it. Don't know how long that'll last. Yeah. <laughs> because this is... I hope is... he makes a quick decision. There's no way, though, right? You know, there isn't. Flair for the dramatics? Won't he... Won't this go winter meetings? Oh, there... Yeah. No, uh, this is a lock just... for winter me- And I'm just saying, like... It's technically possible for him to sign six days after the World Series, and that would just be so great. Yeah, well, but there, no, there's. And we talked about when no that article came out. Happen. You know, and that's a whole other angle to this. The whole and I, and one that, frankly, I don't feel like really is something I want a conversation I really want to have. The reopening the highest bidder. What's God going to tell you? Like, look, dude. You're not going to, you can't, and I don't want any, you know, if somebody relies on faith largely for decision making, not to take offense to this, but we're not, you're not going to reason. That's not, that's, I don't want to offend somebody by saying it's not based on reason, but it's faith. Like a certain level of, of faith is turning yeah. over your, what might readily make it's sense to you. It's an alternative to reason based thinking. Something that, that is a little more feel based, whatever. There's no point in hammering the guy on that because it's not going to make sense to you. His belief system is not your belief system. Even people who go to the exact same church and believe the exact same thing, they don't process their faith the same way. Like, yeah. there's no point in beating him down over that. Like, I don't he's know. Ju- he, he's just going to make his decision. He's going to make it based on... If I were standing <clears throat> there, it would be hard for me not to, uh, you know... Not to get in on that chum. I just... <laughs> not to get in on some of that blood. You know, I'm, I'm a person who is who wants to be exclusively logical. Yeah, but it's not that's not something it, that's and tough get, to explain. And I get I get that he's not talking that language, but you know, I do. That's so a good way to put it. Me. But it, but that's a good way to put it that it's he's not talking that language. There's no way that he's going to be able to explain making large, you know, million dollar decisions in his life on oh, a message from God. Like obviously the media is going I mean, dude, it'd be better if he just said nothing. But yeah, it w- I I would much rather read columns about, or I wouldn't read them, but uh, about how he doesn't, how he shirked responsibility by not talking, than uh, have to hear all the things he said. And like we said before, there's going to be an ESPN thirty for thirty or whatever passes for it in twenty years about whatever they do with this money because they made the comment, they made it sound like they were going to be able to. You know, fund the sending no, of the roughnecks uh, to up to the Armageddon Rock to blow it up. Like they're going to save the world uh, with the their next heal, contract. Heal a hurting world. Yeah. 
No, uh, this is this this goes down as a uh, Denver school system, <laughs> Mike Hampton type. But it's worse because it has the biblical, or, or worse, or you know, more meaty for the media because it has the moralistic faith based or you know, religion angle. That's and because it's him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just everything about him is going to be. It's going to be a closer watched, uh, more closely watched situation than than uh, most others. So whatever. I mean, I'm not really even sure what else to say about it, other than I'm excited about the possibility of seeing what they do with that amount of salary. If you have to, if you figure the payroll is going to say stay relatively static, I mean that's a lot of money. And that's a lot of production to try to fill. And I'm excited about giving this group of people challenges and resources with which to meet them. I like, loved I loved when JD said that said something along the lines of, you know, this is kind of exciting for us. That's cool. I've loved the way he's handled every you know everything. His his talk with his talk with the musers and his press conference were, you know. He's a smart guy that I, I I agree with the things he does. It's very exciting. And we all, almost everyone thought that, again, I feel like if you let the last month of the season affect the way you think about him much at all, then, and that's not to say that he couldn't have done some things differently that would have put them in better position, but nobody's going to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, I think part of what happened... I mean, you know, he's he's the most removed from of people responsible from, like, the game-to-game, you know. Possibly, but... I'm I'm just saying he he's the one that's most like uh who has the biggest you know, the most big picture job and the big picture is ninety three wins. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if you talk about the fact that they had ninety three wins. He but, didn't drop any balls in Oakland. Yeah, but if you if you if you'd put anything to the fact that they were possibly a little bit worn out, then perhaps he could A better bench would have given bench. Wash more of an idea to go to them. Sure. And But they did have you know some like pretty you Seri- can make moves to the deadline that give you an extra win. And they did have a pretty serious level of injury this year. Not, not as much to the lineup as to the rotation, but I think that's a depth thing as well. Yeah. So, but, but that even that being they said... They had a lot of moves that made sense at the time that, you know, Dempster and Oswalt. Even that being said, I think you still feel pretty good about the guy's track record. You feel good about what he would do going forward. And now you've got a pretty serious blank slate in a lot of ways, to uh, it just in front of it just in terms of the Hamilton money. I mean, it's not that it's not that they're a blank slate is like they're rebuilding with their entire payroll. Look at what they have. Yeah, how much do they pay him? What is his salary? I think it's about six fifteen. Fifteen million. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know. We'll see. I I am excited. I you know I don't I don't know if they'll. It'll be good. I'm I'm anticipating a. Uh, a Mavericks like, like that was in in retrospect. Now that we're all done with it, and especially now that we haven't had to see them uh, play in a disjointed fashion uh, that makes them look like they're a bunch of spare parts thrown together team. That Mavericks off season was fun. Now, right? OJ Mayo, Darren Collison, and Chris Kamen, Elton Brand. Yeah, but it, I do. I still feel like the Rangers are at a higher position. They're at a. They got they got more to work with. On the team now, they have more to work with. They have more to work with on the team now. They have more to work with on the t- locked up already for the future. Yeah. So in that regard, I would say it's a little bit different. But you're right. But I'm d- saying in terms of adding things and just 
And while you're, yeah, for sure. Not knowing exactly where they're coming from. But like, initially being apprehensive and then at the end feeling like, okay. You know, like, eh, like, not, like not, one not of their big, so. big acquisitions uh, a couple years ago being Napoli. You know, he wasn't a free agent. Napoli and Beltre. Yeah, yeah. In one off season. Whenever you had the Cliff Lee, you know, at least. When, yeah, if you that want to make was, the one-to-one saying. Going what, in, you felt like you... Uh, to gotta win, get Cliff Lee. To win the offseason, you sign Cliff Lee. If you don't, you've lost the offseason. Right. And, and then next thing you know, you've got 11 war for 2011 yeah. or whatever yeah. for the same amount of money. So, seeing that shit, how probably that not, unfolds? Probably a little bit more money. Exciting. What do you think? Excited. Beltre plus Napoli for 2011, more or less than Cliff Lee for 2011? I think Napoli is still under arbitration. I, I mean, obviously, I'm not adding the numbers in front of me to this, so I'm sure, but I, I would think it's... But see, that's a good example of, hey, here's your track record. Here's a time whenever they... And they addressed their problem of trying to... And, you know, they might not have addressed Cliff Lee's production, but they addressed the overall team, state of the team, in a different way than how you thought they were going to, and you came out smelling pretty good on the deal. Yeah, they they won 90 games, lost their best pitcher, and improved by six wins the next year. So so talk about what they have locked up already, and I think once you roll through that list, that's why it becomes pretty apparent to me that speaking of rebuilding is silly. Yeah. Because they, like, to start with Beltre, you know, I know he's not a young man anymore, but Beltre's still in his prime, I would say. And if he's not in his prime, he's just barely on the backside of it. Yeah. Uh, par- partially health related, or largely health related. No, I, I think he's still in those years where you kind of expect, you know, the the. It's just mainly that any ups or downs will be the result of just pure fluctuation. You know, like not. Kinsler locked up. Yeah, sure. Kinsler locked up at a cheap rate, or not cheap rate, but uh, at a reasonable rate at least for his twenty. It's fair. It's fair. It's not so fair if he replicates this season. But what make I mean. What makes you think he's going to replicate in his prime probably the worst season he's had in two or three in two or three years? Uh, it was actually very similar to two years ago. This season was, but uh, those are the two worst. Yeah. Of. So you got him locked up, and you know I know there's a lot of people that in the past because he did pull a similar move as uh, the team in general of playing his worst baseball down the stretch. Yeah. And. So that obviously colors the postseason. The uh, uh, and he's still worth a uh, fourteen and a half million dollars this year. Not postseason, but uh, post Rangers season perception of him. Uh, but I, I still feel really good about the guy. I feel really good about having him here for that. Like you said, I mean, he almost he just barely underperformed his pay this year. Yeah. So you got. I mean, I feel good about that. And uh, Andrews, dude. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he obviously had similar situation to 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 Kinsler and not exactly playing his best down the stretch, but still a banner year from Andrus. It was well. See, I, I've it's such a weird thing to pick on. I'm glad I didn't mention it earlier um, because it is pretty far down the list of things. But I feel like people it, it, like like the general talk of like everyone but Andrus sucked. Like you know, Andrus is. Obviously, he was doing just so insanely good in the beginning of the season that you would have been silly to think that he was going to have a 400 on base for the rest of the time there. But he definitely dropped way off. Like uh, his his month by month is not it should should not leave him. You know, like uh, I'm pulling it up right here. Uh, September October, 
He had a wins create or uh, the the runs created plus of uh, weighted runs created plus, which is you know your one number. Um, in the uh, in in May, it's one forty three. So like he's forty three percent better than your average hitter. Right. It's one hundred eight in June. July drops to fifty six. Goes back up to one hundred four. September October fifty seven. So he's about a half as good in September October at the plate as your average player. He's giving you half of what an average player gives you. And he still had a four-win season, and it was his second consecutive four-win season um, because he's an elite defensive player, and elite defensive players that uh, can be just about average with the bat, which whenever you look at it on aggregate is what he is. He's 95 runs graded plus for his for the season. And again, he's 24. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think 24. So uh, what else? I'd say those are your first three for sure's. You know, I'd say you. Yeah, I mean, just position player wise, if you just want to stay there for one second. Sure. Obviously, the debate is to what to do with what to do with Kinsler when you've got the Kinsler Profar Andrew situation. Again, I don't know enough about each guy's skill set to know what they would do best and what they would be uh, acceptable, what they would be willing to accept role wise. But all I know is if. And if it's becoming a uh, a beating of a theme, I feel good enough about the people that are pulling those levers to where that situation will come up okay. Yeah. Whether, and perhaps it involves moving Kinsler. I hope it doesn't. It is confusing. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry. They, um, like, even when he signed the contract, they were kind of like, okay, he's going to be here for a while, so... You know, now at this at some point in the contract, he might move to a corner. And he was asked about it and said, "Okay." Yeah, and he's even said, "All right," but I don't know. You're paying him as a second baseman. Like, you pay corner outfielders and second baseman, elite players of those positions, different. You know, like I I haven't looked at it, but I I think that he would have a much tougher time justifying his value. I know he would have a much tougher time justifying his value in a corner. Yeah, but then again, it comes back to just keeping your core together. Because you're going to be paying Profar so much less than what he might be giving you at that yeah. at that point, and yeah, even Andrews for, for another year or so. So it's kind of like the Michael Young thing. At least whenever Michael Young was giving you a little bit more, even though it was nothing close to 16 mil, Man, it was I, still I, a little bit more. I got no doubt that he'll do better next year. You know, I don't. I can't say that, but I think he'll probably. It's tough to be that bad two years in a row. You know, unless you're just on the downside of your career. Well, no, I mean, even even players who are declining, like, don't can't just be, stay Not that everybody bad. can be the worst player. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to be the, the worst regular in the major leagues two years in a row. It's tough to do. I think it's it goes with that. But before we go too far into Young, when and I say like... A, oh, sorry, go ahead. When I say they have uh, Beltre, <laughs> Beltre, Andrus, Kinsler, Profar, what I really mean is that they have those assets. Like, even if one of those guys is not playing here next year, I have to feel that the people that uh, would be responsible for moving them are going to get relative or, you know, um, compensatory value back that would, you know, help, yeah. if not help in the way that that piece does, help in another way. So I just mean that they have four assets that they're paying market value or below for. Mm-hmm. So, but to, uh, to Young, I'd, I'd say there's no, there's no question that. He's got to get less plate appearances next year, right? I mean, that's part of the deal when Wash. That would be. 
Man, I, I don't want to. I don't want to do it another year. But but isn't that kind of a conundrum of when Wash says he wishes he could have got his regular guys less at bats? Like if you're not going to play Profar, doesn't that mean that Young is playing even more somehow? Like is he going to play for for Kinsler or for Beltre even more? I mean, it's hard for him to play more than he was. He's playing every day, pretty much now, every day. I mean, I guess I, he was playing every day. I. uh... I think that they got to do – I can't imagine that there's another year where they just run them out there no matter what. It'll be pretty telling. It'll be interesting. Because I can see – I guess I can see this the logic of midseason. Hey, we've, we're going this way in, in July. We want to be going this way in September so that we can be yeah, going I mean, this way in October. Yeah, it's, but it's hard to call something a panic move in February, you know? Right, right. And I, and I think, you know, for whatever reason, I have this feeling that they're okay with making these somewhat bold moves heading into seasons, whether it's what they're doing with Feliz, whether it's what they're doing with Young position-wise, whether yeah, it's what they're doing yeah, with... Yeah, they've messed with them position-wise twice. And that, yeah, but that applies... Both in off-season. That applies to the Profar Andrews situation, too. Yeah, yeah. That I've, you know, I've, I've feel like I've seen them ask guys to do stuff before. They weather the initial storm of, I don't want to do that. And then a lot of times it just works out. Yeah. So... I. I you got to figure that Young is seeing I I, I don't two-thirds think... of the time he saw this However this year. works out, I I can't imagine a scenario where it would work out where Andrus moves or plays any less at short than he would. You know, he's, sure. he's, he's a better fielder than Profar and ever and ever. No, I, I don't mean that, but he's really good. He's, he's the best fielder they have on the team. But perhaps Profar would even be, uh, after a little bit of a learning curve period, an upgrade defensively. Over Ian at second, but you still keep Maybe. Ian's, Ian's ability really to... good at second. No, I know, but I just mean I guess that that's why it's such a conundrum. You're able to keep his bat and pop, and I guess also the, possibly the question you have to answer is: Does he upgrade your defensive uh, standing in in the corner at all, or is that a clear downgrade? I mean, you'd have to, I'd have to figure he'd be better in the outfield than Nelly Cruz. I mean, I know Nelly Cruz has a cannon, but I've He's never thought of him as a particular underrated range. But then again, we also have to talk, discuss the fact that he might not be here next year either as we kind of take inventory all the way around. Yeah, if assets that it would make sense for them to move. Right. His name make yeah. And that's related to the to the Kinsler thing, but it's also just related to the general I mean what he's got. There is no topic upon which I would more be interested to hear the internal conversations than the than Cruz Profar. Situation. Oh, okay. The uh, how the that all shakes out with Kendra, just Kendra what they really yeah. what they really think about all of it and what their ideas are and the candidates for ideas, you know, uh, just candidates for solutions. So they've got Cruz on the books for what one more year? I believe so. At six at eight mil. I believe so. I you know uh, there's another guy that I absolutely love having here, but. I understand the value of turning this thing over as I have been uh, eternally scarred by the 90s Cowboys. The fact that I love you and your eyebrows and uh, your boomstick, it's, hey, if the guy's got to go, I'll remember him as a Ranger forever, but that's a guy that you could definitely see being gone. Yeah. Napoli? So I guess the one reason I can't, or the one reason you wouldn't trade him is uh, it's certainly not selling high. It kind of a disappointing year. You sell, you trade him last year, you know, hindsight's 2020. You trade him last year after he's coming off an ALCS MVP. I well, think then maybe you get a move, lot for him. Maybe you move David Murphy and you 
Move Kinsler to left yeah. for a year. Now they're selling high. David yeah. Murphy. No doubt. Sure. He gave, I think he had a four-win season himself. Yeah, he had a just crazy. But uh, the thing about Cruz is... And it's kind of the first time he's been sort of guaranteed every day to an extent. Yeah. I think, I think an opposing general manager could talk themselves into, boy, once you give him a rhythm, he's just going to do four wins for you every year. The thing about Cruz with him only having one year left, though, is that I don't feel like he's going to... He didn't have a great year, no doubt about it. But I could see him having a better year next year. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. If, no, with I a guy so under long. contract, I think it's he's he's tradable, and he's his name will certainly be in the mix. But yeah, I don't see it being just terribly likely. What do you think about the Napoli situation? Um... It'd be great if they could get him back on a If for no other reason than they have so little in that position, it's almost... Yeah, I mean, I don't know what other... You're bound to have a weak spot in your form. There. Yeah. But... Don't you still just think it's weird that none... Like, they had, what, three or four guys there? Between Saltalamachia, Taylor Teagarden, Teagarden, Gerald Laird was pretty young whenever... That situation, and that none of them panned out. Yeah, well, Salty's had a... He didn't really get anything for him. Any of them. Well, Laird. yeah, they, you haven't really got anything for him, but Salty Lamachius seems to be carving out a decent career for himself. I I think that he's kind of, you know... I, I think that they sort of probably wish they had a little more competition for him they, than they do. Like, yeah, he starts every day, but, you know... Your Vittori Alba started every day, too. Napoli a 1-4 war this year after a 5-3 last year, which I think everybody knew that was an anomaly. But the 1-4 is um, his second lowest of his career. He made 9-4 this season. Uh, He'll make 9-4. Well, he's – I think he's just straight up up, right? Yeah. He's he's always had such power – like – Power there that was really intriguing. That he's the guy I kind of I kind of always was waiting for him to have that five win season. Like I that's like I I thought that was within his range, and then I I was surprised by this year. I was surprised a lot by this year. Yeah, not, he was not hit- that he would do the same thing, but that you know, not that he would go back to being what he was and even a little worse. Yeah, and he was hampered by injury quite a bit. Yeah, missed an entire month. Uh, I'd love to have this guy back. I mean, I think yeah. th- I think this is one of those uh, type moves where, you know, and it obviously is all relative to all the other things they decide to do, but I think this is one of the deals, one of the ones where we're like the Josh thing. I don't think it matters what the payroll was going to be at. I don't think they're bringing him back. And it's be- I just think it's because whether his what his attitude has become, what his impact on the clubhouse has become, what his – is just not reliable factor. I just don't. I don't think that the the budget matters. I think they're not bringing him back. Yeah. Whereas I think like what they ultimately decide they're willing to be comfortable with budget wise. I think that has an impact on the Napoli decision. Sure. Because that's the type of one where you're like, I don't really know if I want to give twelve million dollars to this guy. Yeah. And because it's crazy, but he kind of has you by the balls because the market is so bad. Well, your system is so, uh, so. You know, Replete. Deplete? Replete. I, I think that they're the kind of folks that 
are never really by the balls. Like they, you know, if they got to do something creative, if they if they got to use some of their trade assets to go and get someone else's catcher, um, you know, that's the sort of thing they'll do. Like I, depleted. Like you know, it's one of those. Uh, like some people, like like I think that you know, like like we were saying with uh, the only way to succeed that offseason was to sign Cliff Lee. I think that you kind of look at it, say there's no other catchers on the roster besides Napoli that are good, and he's free. So, boy, they got to re-sign Napoli, or else they're just not going to have a catcher. When I, I don't think they look at it that way. I think that they've got a lot of creative solutions. Um, just crazy, something crazy you never even heard of yet, Jake. Sure, but Whereas I, you can only imagine the white cotton panty. But sometimes uh, you have to. Sometimes that white cotton panty. Not, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> I mean, a lot to be said for the white cotton panty. Don't don't discount it just because it's what's there. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, because he's guy's 31, or I guess he's 30. Uh, you could definitely see. I mean. I don't know what the data is on the data on his, what, how catchers break down. I would imagine it's quicker than other oh, position yeah. players oh, for yeah. sure. But I still think the guy's capable of giving you value. But I think and he's, he's also, always uh, he's not a guy that's caught a lot of games. Yeah, as for someone his age, he's the Romo of his office. Just that he's always split time at first, and he's always uh, the Angels really work to uh, limit his plate appearances against right-handed hitters. So where else do we need to go? They've here? always platooned him a lot. The I Angels guess, did. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, yeah, well, we all know what Sosha thought of his uh, defensive capabilities. It was yeah. the topic was a uh, the center of a Dave Barnett Tom Grieve layout. Oh, uh, that's fight right. Back in the they were arguing over Sosha, but uh, yeah, I guess as far as the pitching staff goes, like you said, dude. By the way, um, while while you mentioned, I this is something. Uh, don't forget about Hey Dave. When we're talking about uh, things that Anthony Andro said that uh, are really funny, was that the first one? Yeah. Okay. It's it's for my money just as good, if not better. Than, what what's the? Hey, Buzz, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine, <laughs> like, thanks. How are you? <laughs> but it's like, hey, Dave. <laughs> it's great. Oh, I remember You'll it being awesome, it. but I. I'll have to go back and find the audio because yeah, I, uh, I, think, it was... I think I have it because I was gonna, I was gonna try and uh, we were gonna try and do a podcast at Dan's house where I wanted to replay the segment and just uh, figure out where things that they might have said that would have caused Anthony Andrew to hate them. I, I feel like these sort of uh, second level coverage of of station things <laughs> that we can do are, are are good ideas, and I really wanted to get that done, but we never, it never. We just couldn't make the schedules. We work. opted to talk porno because we were in a public place and we were afraid that Anthony Andrews and was going to come a long in time and turn over then, a table and smash me with a stein over my head or whatever. It didn't make sense for a lot of reasons. Uh, but to the rotation, to the arms, like you said, Darvish, how are you going to tell me after this season, you don't want to just talk about 93 wins. You want to talk about finding, dude, overall, finding out what you had in this guy, what you paid for, what's there, the potential. I love it, and uh, I love it. You can't that you got to factor that in whenever you want to get all fanboy angry and bitch out the team. You've got what probably will turn into a legitimate top ten arm in all of baseball sometime in the next couple of years. Locked down for four more, and that's exciting. The way that he uh, just dominated, just dominated, and especially with uh, just the giant improvement in control. 
immediately after I uh, suggested that they cut him was stunning. <laughs> Very impressive, and I take off my hat. Uh, there's definitely somebody translating the podcast and <laughs> delivering it to you. Maybe it was that lady from the press conference today. It's the and it's not just today. It's hearing, the same one every time, we right? Plenty from. Yeah, but I mean, she's she's all over, right? Yeah, no, she's she's the one. You think Evans hit that? I want. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know her story. I want. I want to know the answer to that question. Okay, so you start with him. I know you've never really been a huge Harrison guy, but look for what you're giving him, for what he's given you. Yeah, he's a cost-effective player. And I know that there's cause to be down on Derek Holland, but hey, still really young. If if there's one thing I'd probably be comfortable saying about him is that I may have slightly changed my opinion on what his ceiling is. Yeah. But it's hard to feel as good about him at this point. Even saying that, I still feel like if the guy ends up being a reliable 3 for a elite franchise, Maybe he won't stay here as that because maybe we won't want to, you know. Right now, they're, that deal they gave him is pretty pretty team, pretty team, club favorable. Yeah. And I think it would probably turn out to where if he was an effective three, it would still be, you know, it would still make sense money-wise. So that's three guys right there that in some way, shape, or form will be three of your top four next year. I mean – or that's assets of that, just like we said with the yeah. position players. So that's not a team that's rebuilding. A team that has a guy that they think can legitimately turn into a top-flight arm, a guy that they feel confident that can and, – and two guys who basically can be solid twos or threes and have shown they can do that or something close to that. That's not rebuilding. I'm not saying they don't need another arm, another two arms. I'm not saying they don't need bullpen help, but and you know that's I mean, not they're starting both, over. They're coming off injury, but Colby and uh, and Feliz. That's cool. It's very cool. And Ogando, you know, Ogando had a rough, rough year, but I don't think that Can't I wait to see what they do with him. There's reason. I feel like there's untapped potential. Absolutely. I feel like every time I've seen him start, I've felt better about that than what he's done. And, and now that we've uh, now that we're done with the season, so it switches from uh, being frustrated about the uh, potential I'm not see- seeing to uh, now I can just you know we're now more in the uh, spring training mode of uh, hopeful for what he can do going forward. So I guess all those reasons we lay out there are the reasons why I feel like there's reasons to be excited as far as what they can do around that, but. Dude, and we haven't even got into the conversation of what they could get for Hamilton's money or like if they give a deal for Napoli, how much that affects, how much of that Hamilton money will be there, blah, blah, blah. But you know they're going to be proactive with it. You know they've shown you that they're they're going to be aggressive in looking for moves. We know that they still have a top five farm system, be it guys who can come in and be bench hands or starters next year or guys they can flip. Dude. You gotta feel. You gotta be excited about it. You gotta this be. This is gonna be a great team to watch. And isn't that again what you're, you're looking gonna for? You're gonna love next season of Rangers baseball. I feel like there's no way you don't, right? Yeah. Like you're gonna be looking for the intrigue of all how all these things we talk about turn out. Plus, if you think that they're a, and I th- I saw a lot of people, a lot of fans. You know the six. There's a lot of people who do who have their hands in Ranger blogs. And a lot of them I like a lot, and a lot of them I follow. 
and sometimes wonder why because it seems that these people who I know know more about this game than I do still sometimes exhibit you know less measured reactions than I do. do but a again, lot of staring at the trees. <laughs> exactly. There you go. But that's something that I think I saw was that you know next year we're lucky if we finish second. I just that just seems insane to me. I, I feel like to to look at the team that the team what they have locked up going into next year plus available resources equals not a team that you think will be competing for the division title yeah. in a serious way. Oakland's still not going to have a uh, good player. No. Not a single one. No, and you know the Angels definitely have their uh they've got their young players but they also have a certain measure of guys who are not going to get any better. Yeah. And they're still making a lot of money. And look, I feel great about it, dude. I know that sounds weird to say on, you know, Wednesday after they got eliminated in a, in a way that again, reiterating, I really really was bummed out about on Friday. Yeah. But I'm I just I'm excited to be a fan of a team that doesn't settle and that they feel that just as bad about it as I do. Mm-hmm. At least you know, the people who are in charge do. I'm sure a lot of the players do too, you know, they I don't know. The whole thing just didn't sit well with me the way I saw a lot of it reacted to. So in an attempt to present a slightly more nuanced nuanced position here, I hope we've succeeded. Because I know we've succeeded in talking over each other for the past two hours. So hopefully we at least... What's that supposed to... Oh, stopped. <laughs> I was trying to... <laughs> All right, Norm. I still feel like... Uh... What's that supposed to... Be? <laughs> I feel like there's there's a place for this. And, and see, I guess the final thing that I would say is that I think a lot of people think... Because I tried to have this conversation with Saroy... Uh, when I filled in with him a little bit, he kind of made the point that our our industry somewhat necessitates this. Uh, and I would say that... I never like that. Like, I feel like that's a... I do think there's something to... You should do you. If Yeah, but say I do think there's feel. something say, to... You know, people, people respond well to uh, you being honest and saying how you actually feel. If you're... Doctoring your opinions to how you think that Rangers fans will like uh, no. it better than no, that's not. I don't think that that's, ain't no way to do it. I don't think that's what he's saying. And if it is, I'll tell you how I interpret it. I interpret it as just the, if you constantly are having to feel like you have to form an opinion uh, in a game. You know, watching like you said, you're gonna naturally incline towards trees over forest. But I don't. I don't try to like form an opinion like. This shit just comes to me, Jay. <laughs> I kind of, as crazy as that sounds, I kind of know what you mean, except for I would say the one caveat I would throw in is that I feel like I take a step in all, everything that I assess in life. It's the same reason that I masturbate before I go to a job interview. I try to guard against my natural human reactions. Like I, mm-hmm. I want as clear of a mind as possible, and I feel like the natural human reaction to things is sometimes to – feel a little bit more I don't know if it's worried or paranoid or to see things and take them as a little bit more cause for concern than they actually are so I just try to guard against that and try to think well what what am I missing here yeah and I think when you see when you experience as emotional of a failure as this fan base experienced I think to me my natural reaction is okay well hold on like what really happened here and what's really still happening and going to happen? Did did all that change? And the obvious answer is no. But 
you know, you could see where initially you would think that. And I don't know. I just, I'm glad we have this forum for times like this, old chap. Sure, man. So uh, I, It's we, good to be able to talk over you once a week. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we thought we were going to get Big Bob this week, so uh, we'll probably do that next week and just double maybe up some, next week. Let's just uh, let's put that down as maybe sometime. Maybe sometime. And uh, we've done almost two hours now. I wanted to do a Cowboys segment and check, you know, kind of go through a bunch of Cowboys numbers, but we don't have time for that. Just watch the uh, Ravens just absolutely uh, destroy Tony Romo's brain on on Sunday. And we can all talk about that next week, I guess, right? Or maybe let's just keep doing Rangers segments. No. No? I I don't want to talk about... This, this is in for a long time. You're bearing it, so now you're done? Yes. All right, guys. It's been real. We love you. We'll see you out there. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.